0: Welcome to Listening to Paint Drive with Mike and Dan, a podcast about
1: the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Thank you very much for joining us as we strive to become better, braver, happier painters.
0: Ah, Dan, I'm excited, man. We have a fantastic episode for everybody today. We are going to have a wonderful conversation with an international award-winning artist, Anthony Wang. Anthony, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, guys. Glad to be here.
0: Oh man, we're so excited to have you on the show. You know, we bounced around. I think we we reached out months ago and then it just kind of, you know, life.
2: <laughs> life happens, you know, what can you do?
0: <laughs> so for our listeners, Anthony, can you give them just a little bit of your hobby origin story or background, how you got into this craziness?
2: Yeah, you know, it all started when I was literally, I think, in first grade and my friend who he he brought me a box of do you remember those beaky original beaky space marines from like the Road days? He's like, Oh look at these and I was like, What is this thing? And uh I it was just and I just kinda got sucked into it, you know. <clears throat> Start with the beaky marines and the you know the terminators with the huge like shoulder pads, you know, those things. Yeah, those metal things, yeah. <clears throat> and then so I, I messed with that until like maybe junior high and then stopped then. Got, you know. I was like, it's just, like, too expensive or too long to paint. I have other things I've got to do. And then after college, I had extra time and extra money in my hands. And I was like, hey, what did I love doing as a kid? And I was like, oh, I I used to, like, paint these, like, figures, like, Warhammer stuff, you know? And then, like, I was like, oh, let me go to, like, a game store, you know? And uh, I went over and and it was just, like, all these dudes, like, my age, (laughs) like, painting and playing as... And uh, I just got sucked into it. And um, yeah, I think pretty quickly I would, I became like like a pretty decent painter in that scene. And I had like one moment that was so clear in my mind when I was like, you know, painting my Terminators and this guy called Evren came in. He was like a German Turkish dude. Turns out he was friends with Ben Comets and he looked at my stuff and he was like, ah, you're doing this all wrong you're like, you're not diluting your paints, like, how can you paint with this thick paint? And I was like, I, I don't know, dude, I'm just painting, and and uh, he's like, okay, scoot over, let me show you how to do it, right, and he's like, and he started diluting all his paint, and he painted this, like a, and then he painted all my stuff, and I was just, like, I was like so mesmerized, and all the guys around me were like, dude, he's such a jackass, you know, he's telling you, like, you suck, and whatever, and I was like, no, man, he's, he's imparting knowledge on me, you know, so, like, I just absorbed all this in, and um and then you know and and i started to like pick up on what he was doing and then started um you know learning through like miniature mentor back in the day i actually i'm actually like much older than i look you know so this is all like 2005 or something like that a <laughs> long time ago When before um social medias and stuff like that right but then and then that's when i kind of got started in. Um, being interested in kind of competitive painting and then did like, you know, grant grant P3 grant masters and crystal brush and all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. So it started. Very cool. Very cool. So you, you, started out
0: kind of in the same, the, the beaky Marines as me. Um, was that moment then when you were sitting with that paint with, with, with that, uh, painter, was that when you kind of said, oh, okay, this is it. I'm going from tabletop to competition.
2: Yeah, no, it was, that was exactly it, you know, because like everything I saw was like kind of similar stuff, nothing with a lot of contrast, kind of thick paints, and I think it was super interesting. And when I saw his stuff and like he, you know, had some like Black Templars that like you know Golden Demon winning kind of stuff, I was just like blown away. And yeah, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow in this and try to go deeper in this art.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dan,
1: do you want to go next? I'm trying to think of what kind of question to ask. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we could, we could go with. Um, so Anthony um, I guess a, a lot, a lot of stuff that we, we, we talk about, especially in last couple of episodes and something we probably need to dig a little deeper into is um, what, like what are our processes when we're, when we're doing a project either, you know, something, you know, as a diorama or even as a single figure. Um, Is there like a kind of process that you use when you're doing that?
2: You mean like starting from like how I pick a figure or like after I pick a figure and like how I want to paint it?
1: Uh, Dealer's choice, man. Just go ahead. (laughs) I'll I'll throw in both.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a really good question. You know, (sighs) But I think for me, what I like to try to capture in whatever I paint is I like to, tr- I want to try to capture like a moment in time because I'm, I'm also like a photographer, right? And I've done art like for forever, um, studio art, you know, other kind of different kind of mediums of art. And, uh, what, what I like best with is, is actually photography and using lights you know shadows environments to try to capture kind of that emotion and and to say something with your with what you're painting or whatever you're taking a picture of right so i, I approach miniature painting in the same way i look i look i i i start looking for like a like a sculpt that speaks to me and and it has to be, like, a really well-done sculpt, you know? Like, I, I work with, I've been painting with Alfonso for, like, you know, 10 years, you know? And one something he always says is, like, don't paint shit miniatures, you know? Like, you want to paint, like, you want to paint something that, like, is, is really well sculpted, speaks to you, that's beautiful, you know? And then you don't have to fight your figures, you know? And that's, I, I found that to be true. So I look for figures that speak to me, that capture... You know the the character of what it's trying to capture, or if if it's a bit more come um, kind of up blank canvas, then that's when I think of like hey this speaks to me in this way and I have this idea for it, and and that's how I want to kind of um, approach a uh, 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 miniature, and and I tend to really enjoy dramatic lighting, like cinematic lighting, right? Like either in stage or like you know the silver or the golden screen, right? Um, and I see how I can use light to showcase volumes in a different way than you might typically see <clears throat> um because like when you take a photo of like a mountain if, it, if it's just like 12 o'clock you know midday um, it's just a mountain it's kind of boring you know but if you wait for like a storm to pass through and you see clouds you see rain you see lightning you see like sun shining through the clouds, that's what makes it interesting. And that's like the moment in time. That's where the environment, um, creates, um, some kind of drama. And that's what I like to try to do to figures and not just paint it as a figure, but try to interpret it with, with emotion and with kind of what I want to say about like whatever topic I'm trying to address.
1: Yeah. That really leads to a, a, a host of questions that we could have hours worth of show here. But I'm kind of curious, you're talking about a paint, uh, you know, you, I think we're all drawn to really cool figures. And we like to try to, to paint um, what's on a box or something like that. Uh, but you, you brought up a really, really cool idea of, you know, the mountains and storms. And, you know, even if it's a sunset or a moon or something in moonlight, and how that drastically changes um, the mountain. So when you see a really cool figure, uh, either online or you're walking through some uh, vendors or something, and you pick it up, do you see that immediately, or is that something that slowly grows on you as as you know as you're still looking at it? Do you develop more ideas? Um, cause, you know, as having a background in in arts and photography you're waiting for a perfect moment for something to happen, but is that kind of what you do with your, with the figures, or do you let that just stew
2: a little bit? That's a good question too. Yeah. I think it usually jumps out at me like pretty immediately and it, the potential of the figure comes out, you know, um, or it reminds me of something or, or or it reminds me of someone that i want to paint something for right so a lot of it reminds me of, like my family you know like there was like a um, there's a figure sculpted by joaquin um, Palacios, right with um that uh, dragon head miniatures did so jamie Hudber right like with like the the child eldar with like you know his like dad's like um helmet when like he has like this like wooden dragon or something that he's like playing with like it's a bust right so like i feel like there's a lot of storytelling elements in that figure um not something that really jumped out at me is like man this reminds me of my son and me as a father like i want to paint that and like infuse that emotion into like the figure right or like or something like um like the Tyrion lannister bust from that's planet that's something that really jumped out at me because <clears throat> Like how it was sculpted, it was like pretty kind of plain, you know. So like it was more of like a canvas where I could paint on, and I could think of like, okay, well, how do, I, how do I want to depict Tyrion Lannister in what setting, you know, and with what emotion, with what lighting, with what like environment, and 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 that like really captured my imagination. So then I was able then so that that, that I painted. That's why the quickest thing I painted. And um, and I showed it to Alfonso through my process, and he's like, I like I love that. <laughs> you know, can I have it? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know. Um, and because it it was it wasn't like it wasn't it's not like super refined, but it captured like the impact and the moment really well of like what I was trying to go for, you know, Tyrion like in a moonlit like balcony with like the fire glowing in the background, with just the, the just the, that sliver of like. Um, osl on his shoulder that you know and it's not like a raging fire but it's like a like a dim kind of like but still intense like fire like fireplace dying embers light you know and and i wanted to try to see if i could capture that moment and you know and i liked how it came out so
0: is that all freehand on Tyrion, or is that part of the skull <clears throat> on his cloak
2: no that's actually part of the sculpt on Tyrion, and that was actually really hard to paint because it's usually I don't really like sculpted texture
0: details. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because you're forced to paint it as such, um, and so it was really hard to try to kind of blend it
0: into the to, the to the figure. But yeah, I think Alfonso made a mistake. He should have asked for Gambit.
2: <laughs> Gambit, yeah, Gambit was interesting. You know, he actually. Yeah. Gambit, yeah, Gambit's kind of
0: interesting. But you can totally see in your work, and like, Mm. Anthony Wang Art, people listening, you've got to be on his Instagram for sure, because uh, you will totally see exactly what he's talking about, snapshot in time, dramatic lighting, it's really, uh, this is a rabbit hole of work here, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be staring at these for days.
2: <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I saw Gambit a while ago. I've actually always, oh, that's one it. of my favorite pieces you've done for sure. I appreciate that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, that one was, it's always very risky, right? Cause like, I don't have a lot of time to paint. Like I work 80 to a hundred hours a week in my day job and have like wife and kid, you know, I have other hobbies that I have, you know, as well too. So when i paint something i ha- i try to really push the envelope of my skills but also like what i want to try to achieve something crazy you know and that was like well can i capture like gambit looking like beat up and tired in like like the wee hours of like the of um, dawn you know what i mean after fighting for like a whole night of like whatever you know it's like so trying to cap try to capture that with a really intense light and color was something I, I you know it was a challenge for me for that that for that piece and also to do like a background that kind of had that like comic book art style to it you know which was cool and jim lee was one of my favorite um comic book art, comic book artists
0: and- oh you said jim lee okay jim
2: Jim lee jim lee yeah
0: i thought we were sharing something there because jay lee is my favorite artist Oh, j- <laughs> i love jay lee um Jim Lee's good too but you know
2: <laughs> Give me that fine. I'll All right. Take it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um jeez, I had a question that was a follow up. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So I take it given the nature of the photography and such that uh you have read uh the Gurney light the the light the photography book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know are you like uh, like i know i i reference. i go to that book so much like even though i've read it i'm like i'm constantly flipping back through it to to get information
2: yeah yeah i love um i love gurney's stuff you know and it's yeah because he, he has really interesting lighting situations you know that <clears throat> i try to capture you know like um like that like half light you know um really a lot of like that um kind of having that environment and sort of like you know sunsets and um how that looks different from like dawn and mm-hmm. and also like you know, light and caves and fluorescent light and things like that it's all very fascinating but it has it's a, it's a really nice blend of realism and fantasy you know mm-hmm. that i really enjoy so yeah he's uh, definitely an inspiration so
0: Dan, if you if you don't mind, I do have kind of follow up question with you now. Uh, the the Tyrion bust. Um, so I look at that bust and I see a lot of where I as a as a painter who want to take who wants to take their st- stuff up a level uh, struggle with. Like for example, you have the backlit, just a little tiny bit of OSL, but then you have kind of the lack of a better phrase, nighttime skin tones um and so somebody like me i struggle with getting it either they either look blue or they're in the daytime right and so um yeah. can you talk a little bit how you approach that as far as and it, it, it's it's a tough question in an audio podcast so uh feel yeah. free to tell me to shut the hell up um <laughs> but maybe how you kind of approach that yeah aspect of the painting
2: well it all starts off with the reference right So. Mm. um you have to scour the internet for like a reference of the kind of night skin tone that you want to try to achieve, mm-hmm. right? And this is something that like, you know, um, that Alfonso as well as Carol really, Kiro Kanaev like, really talks about like all the time is finding like a reference. Like if you look at Carol's book, it's all full of references from his search, his searching with the internet. Um, so I found like a reference of a, woman lying in bed like at night time right with the cold light on one side and then a warm light on the other side and her skin was blue mm-hmm. you know and Tyrion's skin is blue right it's light blue <laughs> <You know? laughs> but like so this is where like the color constancy really is really 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 important because if you paint the skin blue under the blue light but you paint the rest of his like body or hair or whatever else like without a blue light, then his skin's gonna be blue. But if you paint everything to how light would reflect, how a blue light re- would reflect off of whatever surface, then the skin doesn't look blue anymore. It looks skin-colored, but it looks cold. It looks that's the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really understanding and studying how colored light reflects off of surfaces It's physics, right?
0: and what what, something you said is super important and I know that when I first started looking for reference photos I would look for what I was trying to paint instead of like the situation I was trying to paint right so I was I was looking for a space marine or you know like some something in this context as opposed to like you know you're painting a bust of Tyrion but your reference photo is a woman lying on a bed right not necessarily the subject matter, but more right. of the situation, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure. But, but, the, the, but so it is helpful to look at, especially if you're trying to paint the likeness of a person or a, or a character. Mm-hmm. You do definitely need a reference for the character, him or herself, right? To get the volumes right. But you shouldn't limit yourself to what, the lighting situation of that of that person is because i didn't have a reference picture of Tyrion in in like the moonlight you know it's in my mind this is what i want to achieve so um if you don't limit yourself to the subject matter as you as you said in terms of ambiance and the environment right then you have so many more options uh, of inspiration
0: well, you okay. should have been able to find something i mean game of thrones was basically filmed in the dark right
2: <laughs> yeah especially the last, last like the last episode it was complete i didn't even know what was going on with that,
0: with that right episode. exactly i was like is something wrong with the tv because it was so dark that i was getting those weird color patches on the tv yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for sure for sure all right dan i'm sorry I
1: your turn there's no turns or anything
0: oh no i know i was just i mean i, I kind of bogarted the <laughs> conversation for a little while
1: no nah, that's that's why you do all the interviews i just sit back and listen
0: <laughs> he's the pretty one um
1: uh yeah that's why my camera is not on right now
2: <laughs> you can't distract me with your uh with your beauty.
1: Yeah. right oh my voice am i beauty right. yeah. i can only little, handle your voice i don't, I don't get know get about a little your love in me, here uh no you know I I think I'm I'm just going to let this just flow um cuz I I'm really uh digesting some of the things that you said um uh I do not use references and I and I know that that uh my my art uh, suffers incredibly because of that uh but I'm trying to get there a little better um yeah. slowly getting there um they, we've, you know. we've,
2: yeah i mean we've always used references even like the foundation of everything is always references even when you're trying to like do still life or whatever like you know in your drawing you're always drawing nature or something right there's always a reference in art right and hmm. and the, the 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 when you can paint or draw out of your own mind if you have collected enough references in your mind where you can kind of create out of that you know but even james gurney you know like he'll he'll paint out in the open and you know mm-hmm. and and train himself through that, right Then that he then he takes that to his fantastical like dynisstopia stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I would.
0: Well, I've also know, seen him a paint point. a bunch of sailboats too in watercolors. Yeah. like if you go to his YouTube channel, he's uh, always yeah, painting sure. sailboats.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure. So, Dan I want to see your, your next your next uh, piece, you know Let, let's see the the reference. Yeah, well, um,
1: well. Dan has actually- gotten homework. <laughs> yeah, I have homework. I always have homework. <laughs> um yes, I, I will I will I will do that once uh I don't think I'm gonna post the piece that I'm putting in for Depticon. Um when we end up going there. That piece I don't I don't think I'm gonna show anything yet until that, but that is actually for- one thing I have been thinking about because I know mm-hmm. what I want to do. It's in my mind. But there are much smarter people out there than I am and more imaginative. So I have begun my 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 search, but it's not that I'm not searching and I don't look for references. I just forget to use them. I have thousands of pictures. Yeah, it's just oh, I need to I need to print this off or I need Mm. to put it on my screen so I can say, oh, this is what the colors are supposed to look like. Oh, this is what I was trying to frame. No, I just forget to do that and I just start painting. Yeah. Yeah. Like jeez this color hasn't changed in the last 4 or 5 hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I I have that same issue, you know. Like I have like so many reference photos that I've collected, but I I find that sometimes like it's the references that I pick for that particular like uh piece and subject and vision for that piece I really inspires me to paint something, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go along with the reference. Um, and if I have free time, I'll go through my references and look at stuff. But yeah, but I, I feel you, man.
0: You know, I had to get to the point of printing, them. just I have to suck it up and print them out. Because they stay on my phone, I get frustrated that I constantly have to mm-hmm. get them. And so like, I think the best one that I used references for so far has been I did a, a quick sober from the Silverhawks mm-hmm. 80s TV show. And uh, my wall yeah. in my basement was covered with quicksilver pictures <laughs> and the main one was focused and the main one i was using was right in front of where i was painting it but yeah, yeah it's it, it is hard it, that that's the, the perils and the pluses of technology right we can get all these pictures right. and then you know Get easily annoyed by having all these pictures <laughs> so you know what we're, we're talking about this and i feel like this is kind of a good kind of segue into this um so as, as we were kind of talking a little bit off uh, off air before um dan and i are making our first trip to Adepticon. um it's a i get to actually check a a painting bucket list item by entering something in a golden demon um you've been to the demon the crystal brush Monty, um, I'm. I would assume more than just those three conventions. You've been to others as well, Um, and so you would be a good person. We think that we could pick your brain about uh, the different types of competitive painting that are out there. Um, And I know it's three. There are some very different worlds there. Um, So I guess the the freshest one for you would be Monty, since you're just back from it. So first how was Monty? And then mm-hmm. second part of it is, can you talk about how you prepared your piece for Monty?
2: Yeah. Monty was, um, it was amazing. It was, it was magical. You know, I, I didn't quite know what to expect. Cause I, you know, like I talked to the LXP group, to Francesco Frabi, I talked to like Alfonso who's been there a bajillion times and, you know, they, they were like, yeah, it's just great. You know, but, like, look, not very, not very many Americans go, you know, Mm -hmm. and they, the, everyone that goes there, there's so many people that go there every year, they must have formed like cliques and like, you know, like a really, like a really strong community, but how, how easy is it for me to like really break in, you know, and that there was some like a bit of apprehension there. Um, But when I went there, it was um, all that melted away, Right. I think everyone's just so excited to see like a new face, and when I brought out my my figures, you know, everyone it was like very well received, and everyone was like, "Wow, it's like really beautiful," and like makes me so happy, <laughs> to, like see the stuff you painted, you know. Um, so yeah, so it was really cool. And my two main pieces that I brought was uh, the soldier bust, mm-hmm. and then the nerdlings. <clears throat> I brought Tyrion and Rocket Squig. Um, as well too, uh, but you know those were painted before. Right, Raka's for a last year, and then Tyrion for I don't know, I think it was like miniature MPO miniature painting open. Um, so I I wanted to bring the ner- the nurgling piece because it was uh, a skull from a local Chicago um, sculptor. Um, oh, nice, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, um, Aaron Schmidt, and he was like, uh, yeah, he's like his stuff is like really awesome, you know, he sculpted his entire like, you know, Nurgle army, and he learned from like Simon Lee, Spider Zero, so like his stuff is really cool, and he did these like little Nurglings that were like doing silly things, you know, and I was like, well, that's like so cool, you know, and that makes me so happy because like, I try to capture emotion, right? And those little little dudes, like, totally capture, like, joy, you know? And, like, happiness, despite, like, being a nerdling and having their guts, like, fall everywhere, you know? So to <laughs> me, they really spoke to me. And I was like, hey, Aaron, like, can I, like, take some of the stuff and, like, paint it and, and drop it off at, like, uh, at Monte? So that was really, really cool. Um, and I had a lot of fun with those guys. And Alfonso was like, hey, he's like, hey, but I think you also should paint something that's, like, from you. You know from you 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 know and i was like okay well for me me like this soldier bus really really spoke to me and i really wanted to capture that emotion of him reading a letter but like the boxer was painted like him kind of like having kind of neutral expression a little bit of amusement you know but i mm-hmm. want to capture something a little bit more intense you know maybe like sadness or like some of some you know room- remorse or something, you know, or fear, you know, mixed with that sadness. So I had to really use my brushstrokes and the light to change even the volumes on the bust and the facial volumes and the muscles itself <clears throat> to try to um, capture that emotion. And I, um, there's a really good book. Um, you might have to edit this out, but it was like, it's a, book okay oh the book is called anatomy of facial expression and it's really amazing and has all the different um expressions and um and emotions and it talks about like all the muscles where they go to capture that kind of expression you know and so i focused on that and also added the intense intensity of like the night Ambiance with like like a firelight you know and that all kind of accentuated that emotion so that's something that, that I painted for myself you know um, to want to show um some something and it was kind of like because I gave oh I gave Tyrion to Alfonso I wanted another piece of mine to kind of capture a similar environment of like nighttime with like a firelight but then it was inverted right mm-hmm. um so uh so yeah so so that's kind of why I approached those two pieces
0: Wonderful. And you know what? I just love, I love the textures on the soldier. I mean the the scarf is just brilliant the way it's done. It looks like real knit. You know what I mean? It looks yeah. which is just crazy to me. Um so bravo. Oh, no. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah. And you um Rocket Squig won a silver and the Nurglings won a bronze, right?
2: Well it's um no so so Rocket Squig and was into in master's ambiance and that one a bronze okay. and my display for master's painting also one a bronze. Ah. So like, so the display was the soldier, the nerglings and Tyrion.
0: Brilliant. Okay. There you go. That makes sense. I, you know, the way they're, they're, they're situated. I was kind of like, Hmm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Makes, appreciate All right. And so now compare, um, if you don't mind prepping for a Monty piece versus let's say Golden Demon, let's do yeah. a h- 180 degrees from each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's
2: 180 degrees <laughs> totally, it's totally different. So, um, okay, so Golden Demon last year, right? I had two pieces entered which were the which a Squig, right? Mm-hmm. And then the um, the
0: underworld squad uh, the right?
2: underworld squad of the sepulchral guard right mm-hmm. so the sepulchral guard i was like okay so i looked at all the art that um from the warhammer underworlds you know and, and in shade spire right so it's like a city of like glass and it's all green and eerie so i was like well i'm gonna create an environment where they're in that green light you know and inspired by the art the the concept art and painted it as such and then rocket School, i was like man you know like goblin's gonna do anything right so like why why can't he like strap a strap a rocket on a squig and fly to like the bad moon? why not you know let's do it you know so i did and i loved it right but <laughs> well, that's, yeah. but when i entered it there um they were like man we love rocket squig man rocket squig is really great the judges right but they're like but the IP just isn't quite there, you know? They're mm-hmm. like, look, if you made, if they were like, if they were not night goblins, but they were um, grots, 40k grots, then that would have worked, you know? But um, but because they were night goblins, night goblins don't ride rockets, apparently, you know? Um, like the IP didn't work. Who knew? Didn't. who knew? Who yeah, knew? I didn't who know that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're like, it got commended, which was an honor, and I was very glad for that and a lot of people loved it the judges loved it so i'm happy but it couldn't get any higher than commended because um it just didn't fit in the world and i that and i think and that brings us to a topic of
0: yeah i have a big <laughs> question about this for you okay, what's okay keep going no 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 no, keep going and i'll because this is the di- ah fuck it whatever um so one of my entries is going to be 40k squad um, I have to do, uh, I agreed with the, we're part of the kill team open in February. Yeah. And so I agreed I would paint a kill team for them, uh, just to display. And then I was going to use that kill team from one of my entries, um, to the golden demon. Um, they're blood angels. Um, I was going to, instead of doing traditional blood angels, shoulder pads, marbleize the shoulder, like they actually like paint them in kind of marble and. Do the sergeant in a black marble because the sergeants always have the black shoulder pads and then the troopers with lighter marble. But keep all the other marking, all the everything else with the markings the same. So I didn't know if something like marbleizing those shoulder pads would be something they say they're nice, but they're not IP. You know, not true blood angels. They're out
2: could be it they could be seen. that so <laughs> but 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 what if you made it a successor chapter then if you made it your own successor chapter to the blood angels then they could you could do whatever you want right
0: i guess that would be if they asked me i would say they're a successor uh they're the blood marbles <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah you know Right, fair sure enough. But then, but then you would need to adjust the the um kind of like the the insignia, right? The Blood Angels. You'd have to adjust it a little bit, so it's not just straight up Blood Angels, right? But <laughs> so like, but no, and and some people get like that. I talk to like would get like not upset, but maybe indignant to be like, well, I can't believe like why do they have to be so like stuck up about their IP and stuff like that." You know, why can't they just like see the 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 inherent like beauty of whatever you're painting you know and I was like you know to me I was like I never got upset like I think it's I think I think it makes a lot of sense that look this is their world and if they're going to sponsor a competition and put the money out there to and the funds to be able to do that then I think they have a right to organize their competition however they want to organize it if you want to enter it then you have to fit within those parameters you know but that's the case for every every competition you know other every competition is they're all different right like monte they want to see they want to see excellence in technique but also excellence in creativity excellence and environment and ambiance you know and and they want to see like more fine art type pieces right but Golden Demon, they want to see amazing painting, very technical, uh, very precise within their world, you know, something that can further and accentuate the world. They, they, they don't want some, like, entries that will, like, take away or like, be contradictory to the world that's trying to create and build, you know. So I get it, you know. I'm not, I'm not mad about that. And I think that there's merit in that. And I think, um, and some people are also like, well, I, I'm so mad that, like, I can't paint the way I want to paint. For like golden demon, and I have to paint this precise way, or pre- paint this grim dark way, or whatever. And I just say like, look, you know, um, if you if you like, if you don't, if you're not down for painting in that style, then you can enter whatever you want to paint, and it can still be seen as beautiful. And the judges might be like, that's really cool, but you know, it's probably not going to win. Like, it's probably like a place in that category. Um, you just have to be okay with that. You know, that's fine. Um, but I, I see like that, I see golden demon as a way to like really push my own precision and my refinement in my painting. Right. And even if that's not the style that I may prefer to paint naturally, but it's a style and a technique that I need to continue to perfect right. To, for me to grow as an artist, uh, yeah. as a well-routed artist, right.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking at it as an opportunity to push all my fundamentals. You know what I mean? Like the fundamentals of edge highlighting, you know, good light placement, you know, making sure I'm, I'm highlighting from head to toe. You know what I'm saying? That I'm not missing anything. Like it feels like it's forcing me to pay more attention to details than I probably normally would. Um, You know, so I think that that I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I have zero expectation as long as they don't laugh when i put my entry in i'm good <laughs> i can check it off the, check it off yeah. the bucket list
2: no i'm excited to see your stuff too man i think I, I i do think though that like certain techniques are better for certain type of competitions like gw is all about like really smooth blends right and so to really achieve those blends you have to like do a lot of glazing honestly that's just to do like thin glazes you know and um yeah, so I get, to, I get to work on my glazing, you know, for Golden Demon.
0: We interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast just to uh, add a little bit more. Uh, Anthony had uh, reached out to us and wanted, said he wanted to expand on one of his questions, which we are always happy to do. And so uh, here is his answer to uh, one of the questions. So, man, Dan, I got so much on my plate right now trying to prep for the different conventions coming up right now for uh, Kill Team Open and the Golden Demon. I'm doing a Kill Team of Blood Angels as well as a, a monstrous creature for Aegis Ag- Sigmar. What do you got on your plate, man?
1: Well, I have my sisters and we've been talking about them. So they're not really for any art competition. They're just there to, to get beat up on the table tabletop. And then... Since we are going to a Depakon, I really like bombshell miniatures. I, I like I just dig what they do. So I'm going to put in a jet bike, um, but I'm pretty sure the way that I'm going to paint mine is different than you because you're going to a, a more fancy thing. So, Mike, it looks like there's different types of paint competitions going on there. So, Anthony, what do you think? How do you prep for different types of painting competitions?
2: Ah, that's a great question. So you ready for a hot take? I prepare the same way for every competition and what I the first question I ask myself is how do I paint for this competition? And but that's a difference between painting for the judges, but I think we should we I, my personal take is I think we have to paint for the competition. You have to understand what competition you're painting for, right? So take the Golden Demon right the golden demon is a games workshop con to celebrate its you know the its ip its world that they made so you can't come in with um your own idea of what you think the world should be and expect to do well right um <clears throat> so i think specifically for the golden demon i think about okay so what jives with me what do i appreciate about the world what um and what uh what like maybe seen from a book that i read or from the codex um and then i try to expand on it and i think specifically for the golden demon they also are looking for a particular style or maybe two styles you have the very just beautiful like smooth blends that like you know an andy wardle or like a richard gray does and then you have like the really grim dark you know, um, style that like John Marjota does, you know, you know, so I think they're looking for a particular style. So, um, at least for golden demon, that's kind of what I, uh, what I think about. And then you have to then use specific techniques. Like we talked about like glazing, right. And how Zen it is to glaze. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll probably pull out my uh, glazing muscles back out and, you know, knock the rust off and go to town.
0: So how is that different than, uh in in a context of like going to like a monte then
2: yeah i think you know because as as technical as golden demon is i think to do well at monte to get a gold you also have to be very technical as well too but i think at monte there they allow for more types of brushstrokes and types of styles where you don't have to be super uber like super refined, amazingly refined, but you can, there can still be some more interpretation um, in terms of impact or you know, brushstrokes and whatnot. Right. So I think specifically when I was preparing for my Monte pieces, I want, I, my goal was to try to bring all of myself to it. Like my, my vision of, of, of painting and my own style, my own brushstrokes, um, how I like to paint uh, whereas, um, like for something like Golden Demon or some other maybe manufacturer um, contest, I'll be painting to their style.
0: Okay. You know, let me ask kind of this uh, a bit of a follow up here that's a little bit tangential. But from impressions I've got, when you go to Moni, you don't see very many gaming pieces. And mm-hmm. then. Um, <clears throat> And even international competitions in general, it seems that, you know, like when you go to like a World Model Expo, scale model challenge, those type of things. um, Do you think we're coming closer to more of a crossroads that they're crossing over more now? Or is it still, do you feel like there's still really two separate worlds?
2: That's also a really great question. I do think there's crossover... I mean, even at Monte, there were some really beautifully painted gaming miniatures, right? Um, That were on gaming bases, you know? Um, um, But certainly there's not as many. And I think that there is, I mean, I think you get to like the question about what art and like craft is. I know um, in your last um, podcast with Jacob and um, Andrew, you guys talked about that. Uh, But I, I do think that there is art in almost anything, you know, and you can elevate gaming miniatures to art. You know, so, yeah. So I would say, yeah, I think maybe there is a bit of a crossroads there. Kind of interesting to watch.
0: Especially, like, when you see, like, Roman's doing all those framed picture, Mm -hmm. you know, the gaming Mm -hmm. miniatures Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. framed pictures. I got to admit, I think those are somewhat purposeful to say that. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. part of why he's doing gaming miniatures is because he's saying this can be art, too. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's like what you know what we talked about a little bit earlier, right? It was about like I I love it when 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 you can capture like a moment in time, right? And I think of all of Roman stuff, you know, like those framed you know pictures of Necromunda stuff, or like you know the um, the the barbarian like Frank Frazetta piece, or like his uh, dark Tem- or his uh, black Templars. I mean there's so much motion and emotion in the lights and in the brushstrokes that it really does capture that. And it's almost like impressionistic in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how he captures the light in those, in those pieces. It's, it's beautiful. And having, I got to see them, um, you know, in hand at Monte and it was just like mind blowing. I, I, I love that. I love his work and his style. Awesome.
0: Dan, do you have any like follow up with that type of conversation?
1: Um. No, I think he you know he explained that pretty well. I was thinking about something you know there was some a question I had earlier, and I don't know if I want to ask it or not. It's about how how the artists interact at the international level compared to regional level um mm. as in uh there there's type there's when you're going to Monty, it's there's a certain level of brotherhood there. And I wonder if those conversations are more um, more celebratory than competitive, you know, we talked about, you know, the competitive nature of how US competitions can yeah. be, which is all right. Um, but how are those actual conversations? I mean, Mike and I someday will, will be there maybe in a couple hundred years um, <laughs> and uh, be able to experience that. But it, it, I, I'm I'm just as a bystander and mm-hmm. um, enjoying seeing uh, and people watching um, mm-hmm. how those conversations just are different. They're this mm-hmm. For the most part, they're the same people, same people that went to, you know, Crystal Brush, same people that went to, you know, they do the Golden mm-hmm. Demon. They're there at Monty at some point they know each other they have those conversations are those a different level conversations with each other are they more cordial or is it still kind of that same um i guess same atmosphere they have when you know on on the other
2: yeah side of the -hmm. world right 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 yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head dan when when you said that is it like your impression that it's more celebratory and it definitely a celebratory um you go there and everyone's just so excited to see each other you know or meet meet someone they've only interacted you know with virtually and then meet them in person and see their work you know and um yeah so you know people are just excited to see what what they're bringing kind of the 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 heart and soul that they poured into their their work you know and and it's just a big celebration of art you know, and a big celebration of friendship, you know, there's, it's so, so much of the, um, the show Monte San Sabino is centered around that, that central square. And we're just like, you know, drinking beers, you know, eating food, um, chatting about miniatures and, or, you know, and also just going to different restaurants around. And it's just a celebration of art and friendship. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great question though. Yeah. Mm. -hmm.
0: Well, are you are, are you good with that as a redo?
2: Yeah, I think I'm good. Does does that answer your question around prepping?
0: Um, I think so. I mean, it's it, 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 there's different ways to answer that question, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. do, yeah, I feel I, I I you answered it in the way that Anthony Wang would answer it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not like I would probably answer it very differently. Just I, even though I don't know how to prep for Monty.
2: <laughs> how would you answer it i'm just curious uh michael to, how do you prep for a competition um well usually the first thing i, I
0: always do is i read the rules mm-hmm. of what the competition is because i made a mistake a couple of years ago um yeah. and just had a miss and it was all on me the judges are like no this is wrong this goes here you know like that type of stuff so
2: yeah um,
0: I, I feel like for like this, the golden demon I'm prepping differently than I've ever prepped before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking more and more at other people's models for reference material than I am mm-hmm. like other images. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've, I've probably looked at
2: mm-hmm.
0: 20 different golden demon winning blood angels mm-hmm. and print, you know, like my, I, I went and started printing yesterday. So they're mm-hmm. all over the place. But um, so I feel like that. And I've been really focusing on, mm-hmm a little bit more on the commission side oh, of yeah. practicing edge highlight. You know what I mean? Like beating yeah, yeah, yeah. up my edge highlighting and stuff like that. And as I prep along. So, um, and the <laughs> other thing is that I did differently is I've actually, I did I, I, nothing is assembled. It's all mm-hmm. everything. So my six person kill team is on 64 different sub assemblies. Yeah. Because I, wow. I, well, I, I feel like I can't make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And so the pouch on the the pouch on the yeah. right uh, on the right <clears> side <throat> has to be the same level as the face on the sergeant. And so I feel like the yeah I can't do that if it's glued and an arm's over it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that like because you know I, I did say that like I, you have to paint for the competition, but I still think that you have even though you're painting for a competition or a certain style. I still think that you have to like paint. Yeah, it has to be your work and it has to be your eye. Otherwise, uh, and you have to be proud of it, right? And it has to be you. And so that's why I, I still, th- it's a balance though, you know? Cause like, well, I agree with you. I, I just, I, I can't bring myself to paint something that's just so like evenly lit around everywhere. Like I still have mm-hmm. to have some kind of interesting light situation, you know, which means that one side of his body is gonna be darker than the other side, which means it's gonna be less like, detail there you know and if it and and that's the choice i make um and if it doesn't do well because of that then so be it right but then i'm still happy with it so i think that's yeah i don't know it's it's, it's just it's just a hard thing with golden demon but you know regardless i still appreciate you know the the effort that they you know put into like putting on a little cool contest you know so
0: i, I think uh, well one thing you'll be proud of me then because i decided mm-hmm. you know i i did say ff <laughs> F the lore i'm gonna do the Marvelized shoulder pads
2: because okay. that's i'm putting
0: i want to put my stamp on the blood on the sure. board okay okay um okay. the second part of it is i guess it, 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 uh, because i'm going in with zero expectations and the bucket list to check mm-hmm. off is entering the golden demon yeah i'm actually yeah. looking at it as um kind of practicing fundamentals yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean like so i'm not i i totally get what you're saying and it, and i know i'm going to hit the drudgery part of it yeah you know like oh my god i got to do another you know the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, this type of thing but i i feel like other parts of my painting aren't progressing because my fundamentals aren't sound in areas
2: <sighs> yeah you know what i'm saying no. like
0: yeah like when we talk yeah. about like you know we talked about the Tyrion bust. Um, mm-hmm. and how confusing the colors are to me to try to actually execute in painting. Um, some of that I believe is because I, I, I don't blend very well. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. part of the fundamentals to me is putting mm-hmm. lights in the right spot. And so I feel yeah, like that yeah. type of stuff is what I'm, I'm really focused on right now with just, you know, this kind of this project. So. I I, it could be me i could be wrong i could be going about this the wrong way there are people much more experienced and and accredited than i am um for sure Mm -hmm. and just you know straight up better artists um but i don't know yeah
2: no i think you're onto something actually i i feel the same way as you because i think with every artist i think we're you know like we're talking about like being humble like i think you we always we always should be growing and looking to grow we're looking to develop something new, you know, even Kirill, he's always trying to look for something new to explore and, and learn, you know? Um, And that's what I really appreciate about Kirill. But I, you know, same for you Is like, I can always blend better. And that's the thing is like, I, you know, I think you, before you talked about, like, you you want to give the impact, the sketch, and then you kind of bored after that, because then it's done, you know, and someone like Alfonso would be like, yeah, it's done, you don't have to do anymore, you know, it's, it's already beautiful as it is, right, but then to, for a competition, you're gonna have to, you have to refine it, you know, and I get bored about, bored with that, so I'm actually trying to adjust my painting to be less bored, so instead of painting everything in a sketch, and then going back and refining it, that is really drudgery to me is to not paint everything at one time. I already have a very set idea of like how I'm going to create the light situation and then just start in certain places and put detail in there and get that beat to be really um, perfect, you know, and move on from there. And I think that's something that like Steve Garcia and Shistov Kowalczyk, that's how well, at least Shishov used to paint like that, you know, and so I'm going to try that, a different painting flow and see if it works, you know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to do that.
0: So yeah. Nice. That's great to hear that, you know, trying a new trick, you know, like as a way yeah. of saying it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's uh there's always room. I mean, you're a highly accomplished artist, and it's amazing to hear like you're looking for ways to improve, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's a strong it's good for our yeah. it, it, the, it's so good for our listeners to hear that because I know a lot yeah. of times, you know, part of one of the reasons why we started the podcast is because we mm. know a lot of people feel this, you know feel the same way that we do. And so yeah. hearing, hearing from people that, you know, that, you know, everybody's got that first miniature, right? You know, everybody's got that.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, yeah, there's always something I want to try to, you know, try to, try to convey an art, you know, and some emotion and some light, you know, something, there's always something. And that's the thing with art, right? It's like, a true artist is never satisfied because you can never recreate what's that vision in your brain and your head perfectly. You know what I mean? So I feel like you're always, as artists, we're always trying to, we're chasing, you know, some ideal that, that uh, you can never achieve, you know, but that's what makes art interesting, right? So, and it's a, uh, evol- it's always, it's always evolving. So it's, it's exciting to be part of it. And we're all on the same journey together, you know? I appreciate that. So,
0: along the same lines, yeah. then I'll have to ask us a random follow-up question. <laughs> what is your biggest project fail? Or, like, what is a project that, like, goddamn, that did not go? That I don't know. No one will ever see this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I have a lot of project fails because I'm I'm always trying to push, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. You know. So I don't know if it's a fail, but I, I did I painted Yoda. Like um this is like one of my I think maybe my first or second like crystal brush entry. <clears throat> and I wanted to paint Yoda, but like in Dagobah, right? And I was trying to figure out a way to paint the mist, right? So um without like using cotton or whatever, right? So I, I sculpted um like these kind of like a like cloudy things on top of plastic card. And then I had like roots underneath and I try to paint like a forced perspective of the roots coming through like the, um, the, the kind of smoky fog. Right. So, and I thought like, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. I don't know, but I think it works. You know, so I, I entered it and then, uh, um, Jose, uh, JMPN, like when he was one of the judges that year and he looked at it and he's like, this is a fail, (laughs) i was like what he's like yeah it totally looks like a hamburger you know it's like you you have like two sculpted pieces, and there's like something inside a hamburger and i was like sorry i was like i was like sorry jose but you know this is my best attempt at it so um but uh yeah but yeah i think if you don't fail that means you aren't trying hard enough to to push your your boundaries and limits so failure is good and it's always a learning process
0: And you'll always remember Hamburger Yoda, right? Hamburger Yoda, you
2: know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hamburger Yoda.
0: (laughs) We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. So uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Anthony, um, is so this, I I don't know if this was your first experience in the international community in painting. Um, Can you talk about a little bit about the differences between what you saw in the U.S. community versus the international community?
2: Yeah, you know, I think I think the one of the biggest differences and I think let's 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 you know, even just let's say comparing let's say Mon, you know, Monte and the community there with maybe like, you know, whatever US show, let's say that's not open, right? I feel like and Monte I didn't actually get a sense of like it wasn't like it didn't feel like super competitive, you know it was, it felt like like a sense of community, right? And everyone's celebrating everyone's stuff. You know, even what was really striking was even the um, kind of um, like the standard categories, you know? They had so much fanfare for the winners of the different bronze, silver medal, and standard categories. And it was amazing because I think that like, uh, I think that the, the judges recognized like, look, the you know people who are entering the standard uh, they're probably in the earlier phases of their painting, and they're the future of right. of like of, of the of the art form, you know. So mm-hmm. they did all that they could to really elevate and just to really applaud all these amazing painters in the standard categories. And I think that was like that was something that really stuck out to me and very beautiful to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that like I I do contrast that with I won't say like maybe I won't make generalizations, but I think that like there are folks in the US like competitive painting community um, that I've just heard just walking by like the, you know, crystal brush or whatever, just talk about like, man, like just really getting really upset that they didn't place, right? And I totally get it because I've been there too, you know, And, and a lot of competitions, like especially earlier in my painting career, I was like, hey, you know, like I can't believe I didn't win bronze, silver, gold, or whatever, best of show, whatever, like in this competition. Like my entry was way better than the other, you know, and kind of just like getting really down on myself and getting really upset. um And, you know, and what that does is it takes away the joy from the art, mm-hmm. you know, it takes away from what well, your third thing, right? Like, happier painters, right? Being a happier painter. Exactly. And um if you're painting to try to if the sole goal of your painting is trying to achieve something, you know, if it's trying to like make a judge happy or trying to win a prize, then your happiness is no longer intrinsic. It's extrinsic, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't have any control over your happiness of your painting. And what that does is it it causes there to be competition between painters in a community. Which takes away from the community. And um, have you read Alfonso's book? Um, his uh,
0: a beautiful mind or a, a colorful mind? A colorful mind, colorful mind. Beautiful mind is a
2: different. That's a <laughs> yeah. whole other thing. <laughs> My bad. My bad, Alfonso. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I love
0: you too. Um,
2: <laughs> you know what he talks about when I read it. It was very really striking to say like how that Spanish painting community grew to be so strong and so influential, and have so many amazing painters come out of that was because there they were the Spanish paint team entering to Golden Demon they helped each other out right mm-hmm. to say like i this is what i'm painting this are painting you can you know they all learned from each other and taught each other and and everyone was elevated right and i found a lot, find a lot of times in the us scene is people are like well i'm competing against you so i'm not going to show you what i'm painting you know like i'm mm-hmm. going to keep a secret and and then you know at least within your community you know then um, and and I think that does uh, it's it stunts it stunts the growth of a lot of uh, of I think of of painters growing in their art and their you know and Agreed. I think that yeah I think that like social media really helped because it helped to connect people across geographies and I feel I really feel like that's when the, the American painting community scene really start to like really grow by leaps and bounds because of a uh, sharing of knowledge. And experiences, and I think that if, as a U.S. painting community, we need to continue to foster that and grow that in order for us to all be better. and mm-hmm. Egos get in the way. Egos, egos get in the way. Like in, in like off air, whatever. Like I taught, like what I teach, like in my classes, you know, I, I teach about like how to like level up, you know, how to get past your plateau. And the the hugest thing is like kill your ego, man. Mm-hmm. You know, kill your ego. If you can kill your ego then you remove the ceiling of how you can grow, how how far you can grow as a painter.
0: I'm not, del- I'm not I want to keep that part if that's okay. <laughs> that part, <of> that, <laughs> that's awesome. That's incredible. I mean, that's a good way of putting it, you know. It's just like the the lessons from other people who have been taught have been like go into a class and basically forget everything you know and listen to your teacher, right? You know, like you're supposed to learn from them, do what they're telling you to do, not what you think you know, you know.
2: And you don't have vice versa. As a teacher, you can learn from your students, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the biggest things is like humility, you know, even as a as a teacher, right? Like I I you know, like I so I like I'm I've I've we've me and a couple of like you know guys within Chicago have formed this community, um, this art collective called the Chicago Lamp Painting. Mm -hmm. and we are there to really encourage each other to grow and to learn from each other and yeah and everyone can learn from each other like you know i i put my i put my pieces for competition up there and be like hey critique the hell out of this you know what do you think that doesn't work what do you what do you think that does work and you know like rocket squig has is what it is because of a lot of that feedback from you know even beginner painters they're like hey this like the sign it's a little off, like you know, you maybe you should move this here. And I was like, Oh, you're right, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So I think that if we all take a posture of humility, we will all be happier and more fulfilled painters, you know what I mean? Yeah. Damn
0: it, he's stepping on my line at the end of the thing, Dan.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, listen to your podcast. <laughs> <He's coming. laughs>
1: we'll let him do it then.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> um I think that that's you know it's so interesting to hear I, I I also have heard one of the big things too with uh with the international painters one of the proximity has made it a lot easier to foster kind of some of that painting like I, I when I was listening to Jakob and Andrew like there's like 14 like competitive painters in Denmark and like a, within 15 miles of each other. I'm like, screw y'all, you know?
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I I mean, that is, that is a huge reason why I feel like it's really hard to kind of foster a U.S. community mm-hmm. because of that. But that's why like we're me and like, you know, Ian Tenney and like, um, you know, Doug Risley and Kyle Dalton, like they're kind of like the moderators of like this Chicagoland paint team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're really working within kind of this larger Chicagoland area to try to develop that community, paint hangouts, you know, um, we like we're 24 seven, I feel like commentating each other stuff like all the time, right. it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I feel like every community should really, within the US should really try that, right? In the DC area, Virginia Beach area, kind of in the Austin area, right? Like foster these communities of painters within yourselves. And, and really encourage each other to and push each other to grow. You know, I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Well, you guys in the Midwest have no, there are so many, like, do you know how many people on the pod have been on this podcast that live in the Midwest? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Like
2: Midwest. <laughs>
0: Uncle Adam, Sam Lenz, Vince Venturella. Yeah. I mean, they're not clo- necessarily close, close, but uh, Zambies, uh, mm-hmm. Eons of Battle. Those guys are in Chicago. Yeah. Zambies yeah. is
2: part of Chicago, Chicago, team. So is Lila Mev as well, too.
0: Lila Mev, yeah, there you go, yeah. and she's in on and, the ship too. Yeah. Yep, and
2: Chris. <laughs> Chris is great as well. Chris
0: yep. yep, yep, absolutely. Well, he's in St. Louis, though. is he? Is he still yeah, in the Chicago? Kind of,
2: he's <laughs> okay, not technically, but still Midwest, right?
0: Right no absolutely yeah. absolutely but um so you know what i think we should do dan we should torture anthony with a lightning round and ask him a few awkward questions
1: <laughs> you got the questions knock yourself out
0: all right well the first and you've listened before so you've probably heard a lightning round so i'll throw it basically i'm going to throw out a question and you've got to kind of answer it straight up okay so first Let's thing that comes to your mind okay are you a brush licker
2: no. I did once. Finally, I did once. Finally, and I, 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 li- I had some chemicals in my in my water, and I got a headache, so I stopped.
0: <laughs> awesome, finally, finally, because like almost everybody I've had on is sides with the brush lookers. I can't no, do it myself. Don't do it. Don't do um, it. Non-metallic metal or true metallic metal.
2: Non-metallic. Why? Control. You can. You can. You can get the, you can, you know, you can, uh, you can, you can paint the metal how you want it to, and control how you want the reflections to be and and implement all the color theory you want into it. Um, I mean, you can kind of do that within true metallics as well too, but uh, you don't have as much control because of the natural reflections. Off the paint.
0: Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. When was the last time you drank your paint water?
2: Um, it's been a while because I stopped putting my paint water in actual cups. (laughs) It reminds me to not drink it. So yeah, but I have done it before.
0: When's the last time you changed your paint water?
2: Oh, I don't know. I just kind of, I keep refilling it like, um, (laughs) uh, like, like, you know, like, uh, the mother yeast, whatever, sourdough starter. Right.
0: (laughs) There's the good, it's the magic juice. It's the paint, the paint special juice. When was the last time you cleaned your brushes?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very religious about that. Every, after every session, I have to clean it. Even if I have multiple sessions in a day, I clean my brushes just multiple times. Cause it's hard to get good brushes. You know, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to keep them living longer.
0: Right. And you'll order from the same company and get a crap set. And you're like, yeah, I totally. just, this is the same set. Why they all look like buckwheat? You know, yep. um, you clean them after every session. What does that entail?
2: um i really like the miniature masterworks like the the they have um the, the cleaner tubes and the conditioner the t- little tubes because mm-hmm. um i use the caps like they're smaller like I, I fill the water in caps and for the cleaner one i put less water in it so i make a slurry mm-hmm. of uh the of the of the soap and then i get to and then i feel like that you know i switch the brush around there brush around the edges and it really does a good job of cleaning them and then i get you know and condition them. so i really like that set
0: do you have a deep clean thing where you do with your brushes, or you just just do the the normal routine nah, clean?
2: Ah, just a normal routine clean. Nice.
0: Favorite non-miniature artist?
2: Ah, oh, I, I it's hard to say. I I love um you know Spectrum the magazine Spectrum. Mm-hmm. I, I I like I like looking at all the environmental concept art there. You know that really inspires me in terms of like light and color and stuff. Yeah
0: okay top three miniature influences influencers on you
2: oh within the miniature world yep uh, and they don't have
0: to be in order just yeah, three yeah. people
2: yeah okay I'll, i i'll say alfonso of course mm-hmm. banshee right he's i love i just love his like illustrative style that like really captured my imagination with such with all the night model stuff in the very beginning right that was mm-hmm. like, amazing uh, I love the technical the technicality of like a, of course a Kiril mm-hmm. kind of you know and it's so I mean <laughs> and then I say like Roman you know because <laughs> I, I feel like it's so boring it's like these are the the usual suspects yeah. but I really love Romans like uh like his capturing of the moment and the light and the how poignant everything is like I would say those are like my top three influences of course there's always there's, there's a bajillion of amazing artists, you know, like off, off the top of my head, right? But
0: yeah. Oh, of course. Those are also, the, you know, you're you're picking kind of three of who I, I are the best in what they do too. Yeah. You know, you have the best right. emotional painter, the best technical painter, and probably the best narrative painter are the three yeah. that you picked, you know? And so, yeah, that's, you can't go wrong.
2: But that's how like, but I, I feel like I never emulate any one artist. You know, mm-hmm. I, I take what I love about and, I, and, and, and that inspires me. And then you, when you, given your, the amalgamation of all the different styles of what you like it, plus your own style and your own eye and your own brushstroke and your own taste that creates your own specific style, you know? So, yeah.
1: so Anthony, what model would you like to see made someday?
2: Uh well, you know, being Asian, Asian American, I i would love to see some really cool like Kung Fu pieces out of like Crouch and Tiger Hidden Dragon or you know, something like that. Or like something jetly Li inspired, you know what I mean? Something just like really dynamic and like awesome.
0: I have seen oh, any of those. That would be that would be cool. I i just like it all like these I don't know like dioramas just popped in my head like when you say, you know (laughs) yeah for sure man and absolutely ludicrous ones you know
2: (laughs) the more ludicrous the better
0: exactly (laughs) exactly very cool very cool so um we're a little bit over the hour mark but that's okay we have some stuff that that's going away but um one of the things we always like to ask our artists is Our motto of our podcast is better, braver, happier painters. Uh, Is there some advice that you'd like to give our listeners as they
2: continue their hobby journeys? I would say paint something that makes you happy, paint something that you find beautiful and let that be the source of your, your joy.
0: Awesome. That's simple. And to the point, I like it. I like it a lot. So Anthony, will you tell our listeners where they can find you?
2: Uh, on social my, media
0: not your address no,
2: <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> my digits sorry my digits <laughs> um you can find me on instagram at anthonywang.art. putty and paint under anthony wang as well too that's where most of my painting stuff is at because
0: mm-hmm. i'm lazy that's all right no that's awesome we'll put links in the show notes for it for uh, uh a- a- absolutely and uh, for our listeners, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at listening to Painttry, And also send us an email at listening to paintry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, thank you to all our listeners. You are all amazing. All ne- Apparently, we're up to nine, so that's great. Nine
1: listeners. So, okay. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, or follow us wherever we you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a good review, that really would help out the show
0: anthony thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to to hang out and chat with us
2: appreciate it, man yeah it was a fun time and thank you guys for having me yeah yeah but, <laughs> but I, I do good. think though that the competitiveness piece that i feel like is actually really important for people to hear but mm-hmm. it still people, it might make people upset mm-hmm. you know like even i try to beat that i try to beat that out of <laughs> the chicagoland team people and just like you just stop like you know what I mean but I feel like it's really important you know like I'm competitive right but like I think we all we need to like also you know build each other up
0: agree yeah and it's hard because you know you don't uh, it I, I never compete to lose you know what I mean? Like it's so yeah, it's yeah. hard to like it, it's a matter of putting the priority over and also what you define as a win. You know, like yeah. a win is people liking your work as opposed to necessarily, you know, or your win, is, win you is got it.
2: yeah, a win is people if you people like your work. A win is if you can level up. You, mm-hmm. If you level up, that's a win, no matter what happens, right? But it's sad when you level up, you do something beautiful, but someone beats you and you get mad and you like quit. You know, like that sucks, right?
0: So, it does. Absolutely. Anywho, um, but that leads perfectly into the the little outro thing. That's kill your ego to become a better, braver, happier mm-hmm. painter.
2: Oh, kill your ego. That's a good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Until cool. next time.
1: Yeah.
2: all right yeah See ya. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> See ya.
1: See ya. All right. I'm going to say it s- too, Anthony, if you like.
2: What's up? Oh. What? What? What?
1: What'd you say? We we'll to put that in there somewhere.
0: Dan always goes, see ya at the end, so you can feel free to do it yourself if you want to.
1: See
2: ya.
0: There you go. Oh, there you go. Ah, oh, shoot. I think someone's going to replace me. <laughs> right. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPTWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Downloaded from the Free Music Archive on a non-commercial attribution share-alike basis, all views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.